0: TAI item 247, November 7th, 2012. iPad 4 wins all the benchmark tests.
1: Welcome to Today an iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone.
2: Hey, golly!
1: Oh yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom
0: I am. Today's episode is brought to you by SquareTrade. Please visit squaretrade.com forward slash TII to get your discount on your iOS device warranty. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Ben for sending in the artwork for today's show. Ben wrote, Hi, Rob. Hi, Rob. Here's some artwork I created for the show. I used the vector graphics app Inkscape to create everything. Regards, Ben from iOSstuffandreviews.com." Well, Ben, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Ben's artwork in the TII app in the Extras episode 247, or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email it to ios at gmail.com. And make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. And I really need some music, folks, as I don't have any for this episode or the next one. So please send me in your music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, iPad Mini is playing catch-up to Android. Probably will have a mediocre customer adoption. Unquote. Trip Chowdhury, Global Equities, 23rd October 2012. Hey Trip, what are your thoughts now that Apple released iPad first weekend numbers? Yeah, guess they were just mediocre. More on those numbers in a few moments. For promo codes on episode 246, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the apps Screencaster for iPad and Screencaster for iPhone, as well as the apps ASE, All Seeing Eye, and the app Dicky Knee Wacker. I will be giving out those promo codes sometime this week, If you want more info on those apps, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 246 for the additional details. This week, we have promo codes for two apps, which are both from the same developer. Here is the review from the dev.
3: Noel Shenney from LearnPhoto.ca here. I'd like to give you a tour of the Photography Assignment Generator app I've created for SLR cameras. Whether you are taking on a 365 day photo challenge or just looking for inspiration when shooting with your SLR, this app is perfect for you. While most apps in the App Store allow you to do things to your photographs, like add effects, filters, or borders, this unique app is about ideas for taking photographs. In this app you will find over 100 individual assignments, everything from camera settings, light and flash, the rules of composition, creative techniques, photographing people, landscape and nature, and more. The app contains over 700 example images. The app itself is completely self-contained and therefore does not require Wi-Fi or network connection, so you won't be using any of your bandwidth. If you are taking part in a 365-day photo challenge, you can also set the app up to send you a daily reminder to get your assignment and keep on track. For more information, please head to www.learnphoto.ca. apps
0: Thanks, Noel, for his review of the app Photography Assignment Generator for SLR and for sending in promo codes to give away. As I mentioned, he also has a second version which focuses on the iPhone and iPod touch cameras. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for these apps, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put either photo SLR or photo iPhone in the subject line. So photo SLR if you want the one for the assignments for an SLR camera and photo iPhone if you want the one for the iPhone. And as always, again, send that to ios at gmail.com. And please send just one specific email for one specific version of the app. If you send in multiple emails or ask for multiple versions of the app in a single email, then, well, no soup for you. And FYI, each week I get people sending in multiple emails asking for each app. Yeah, those get deleted. Just one email per person per show per week. A quick reminder, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please also include a 60-second or less audio review of your app indicating you are the dev. Make sure you indicate that up front at the beginning of the review. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. All right, into the news. I really, really, really need to stop trying to guess what Apple will or will not do sales-wise on opening weekends. I'm either too high or too low. This time, I was too low. I really didn't even expect Apple to announce numbers, to be quite honest. I thought for this past weekend sales, there'd be no word from Apple. Part of that was from checking around and talking to some non-Apple stores and stopping in and looking at some non-Apple stores where they had iPad minis, Sam's Cub, for example, received a total of five iPad minis, 64 gig versions only, on Friday. On Sunday afternoon, they had sold a total of one out of those five. So again, I was not expecting Apple to announce numbers, meaning sales would have been south of one million units or even south of two million units. But nope, I was wrong. Apple did release numbers. Kind of, sort of. They released numbers for the iPad Mini and 4th Gen combined. And combined, they sold 3 million units over the first three days. In the past, Apple has defined selling as putting units in customers' hands, not just shipping them to someone like Sam's Club. So those are shipping them to a retail establishment like Sam's Club. So those other four iPad Minis sitting on the folding table when they closed up shop on Sunday... I'm sure they probably weren't still sitting on the folding table. But anyway, they were still at the Sam's Club store when they closed on Sunday evening. Those would not have counted toward sales, at least not based on how Apple explained sales in the past. And I did send Apple uh, PR an in inquiry for clarification on what sold, quote unquote, sold really means. No reply from Apple PR yet on that request. Per that $3 million for these Wi-Fi only devices, Apple reported they only sold 1.5 million iPad 3rd gens that were Wi-Fi only in the opening weekend earlier this year. They actually reported at the time that they sold 3 million total iPads, but that counted both Wi-Fi and LTE slash cellular models. Interesting that they sold exactly 50% Wi-Fi models. One other difference on sales numbers is that this was in just 10 markets versus back in the earlier part of the year versus the 32 markets, this time around for the iPad mini and iPad 4th gen. However, 3x the number of markets in no way, shape, or form means 3x the number of available buyers. When you look at the extra countries, it is clear they maybe gave an extra 20% pop to available sales at the most. Spain and Korea being the biggest potential new markets added this time. Overall, I am surprised by the likely level of sales of the iPad Mini Wi-Fi only device. I'm assuming roughly 80% of opening weekend sales were for the iPad Mini. And I'm sticking by my original assumption that the real sales numbers for the iPad Mini are going to be for the LTE cellular version. Of course, I'm not kicking myself too much, Almost all the analysts this time around had sales numbers in the 800,000 to 1.5 million range. Only BTIG's Walter Payek predicted the three million number, and it was not so much a prediction as a line in the sand that he said Apple needed to get past to make Wall Street happy, which, ironically, after the numbers were announced, he was about the only one not happy with the numbers. Go figure. Now, per the feel of the iPad mini the actual physical device. Wow. I got to hold one and play with one, and it is amazing how much lighter and easier it is to hold versus, say, the iPad 3rd and 4th gen. Luckily, at Sam's Club, they had it where it was not connected to a tether, like at the Apple Store. So you could actually really feel the true weight or lack thereof. And they had it next to the iPad 4th gen, so you could pick up one in one hand and one in the other, and really feel the difference. The iPad Mini seemed just as snappy and responsive as the iPad 3rd gen, which we have at home. I thought the screen looked great. Sure, not quite as great as the iPad 3rd gen with Retina, but for the apps I looked at and played with, and with my older eyes, it looked great. Plus, I still use the original iPad, and compared to it, there are more pixels per inch, so it is a little sharper than the original iPad, and the iPhone 3GS for that matter. If you are going from a first or second gen iPad to the iPad mini, the pixel density actually is better and it will look better for you. My wife played with it, and she really liked the weight and the feel of it. I will be looking at uh, the LTE version, most likely from Sprint. So Christmas gift this year for my wife, well, main idea is already taken care of. What I'm most likely going to do is wait until the day after Thanksgiving because typically Apple has a a once-a-year sale on the day after Thanksgiving, so we'll see if the iPad Mini makes it in the sale this year. If so, I'll be buying mine that day. Here's some feedback from other listeners that I received about their iPad Mini.
4: Hey Rob, it's Robin from Clinton Township. I received my iPad Mini via UPS delivery on November 2nd. I was a little bit nervous because it shipped from China on October 29th, but Apple did not disappoint. It was received at my office on October 2nd. I finally got around to syncing my iPad Mini to my laptop late last night, and everything was great. I plugged it in iTunes, there was a short update, and it synced seamlessly, no problems whatsoever. I'm definitely going to dump my Kindle and my iPad too for this new device. Actually, my husband was quick to take position of my iPad, too, as soon as I had synced my iPad Mini. What a great alternative to the heavy iPad and my bulky Kindle. My husband commented late last night that the size of the Mini was perfect for our 3-year-old son, but there's no way I'm giving up my iPad anytime soon. Oh, by the way, just to make it fair, we did give our 3-year-old his own very original iPad. Comparing the size of the iPad Mini, it would be a great choice over the iPad for a smaller child. Plus, the price is a sweeter deal, too. Thanks for all you do. Love the show. Hi Rob, my name's Max. I went and picked up the iPad Mini on launch day, and personally, I, I am very, very happy with the device. Personally, though, I think it is the best size for an iPad. It's very portable. I, I'm really excited about the idea of taking it to work. You know, I'm a DJ, so I can use it when I work, checking emails on the fly. Really happy with the product. It looks great. It's actually, you know, it. Coming from an iPad 1, I think the speed is also very well. Thank you so much. I love the show. Cheers. Bye.
5: Hey, Rob. This is Terry in Fort Worth, Texas. I got my iPad Mini yesterday. I got, the, of course, the Wi-Fi model in black, 16 gigabyte, and i got to say I love it. Um, I have an iPad third-generation LTE model and iPhone
0: 5. Folks, thanks for the audio feedback. Terry, there at the end, your email, your voicemail was cut off, so that wasn't me just editing you. That was you got cut off. We also had some email feedback come in. Hey, Rob, my iPad Mini is now my go-to. Bigger screen, I don't care for Retina on these smaller screens, as I wear bifocals. I love the experience so far. Hate Facebook app though. Other apps that are meant for iPhone are very fuzzy. Not very good looking. Google Voice, Messenger for Facebook. Bejeweled games are fine looking to me. Not that much of a gamer. The only issue with the iPad mini, getting text messages and having to grab 4S. The only downside to the lightning connector, I have to get the adapters so I can use the iHealth BP3 to do blood pressure readings. Next one is a little funny, but don't know why hope Apple will tell the power adapter is the iPhone power adapter not the iPad one I just did a charge cycle and it takes about four hours with the supplied adapter but faster charging is done with the iPad adapter downside the camera sucks when comparing it against the 4S camera in low light conditions noise is very noticeable so 4S will be my main camera FaceTime calls on the iPad mini iPad mini is also replacing my original iPad. Regards, Brian. Next email. Hi, Rob. Per the iPad mini, I think since I touched it, I'm downgrading from the iPad 3rd gen. The iPad 3rd gen now feels like a thick brick. How long till the next iPad and how long till the next mini? Regards, Mike. Well, hi, Mike. I have no idea what Apple is planning for upgrades but I would guess it will be at least until August-September before we see an update to any of the iPads. But if sales start to wane, well, then maybe we see an update a little bit sooner than that. But doubtful. For the next email, Hi Rob, I got the 16 gigabyte Wi-Fi version of the iPad mini. Likes, you can type two-handed like an iPhone. Slim and light, fits in cargo pants pocket. Dislikes, shorter battery life than iPad. Tiny menu font size in Apple apps. Hangs in third-party apps that were updated, maybe poor updates. I was able to use it in my iPad's iWork suite due to iCloud or with iCloud. Regards, Paul G. in Lawrenceville. Hi, Rob. Love your show. Thanks for all you do. I got the iPad third-gen... On the day it came out, I expected to like it, but I am still surprised as how much I use it. My son also seems to like it. When he comes for a visit, he will pass me the grandchild and grab the iPad. As soon as the rumors for the iPad Mini seemed to take substance, I decided to get one for the kids for Christmas. I really wanted to like it, but not having the retina display was really a deal killer. If it had come out at for $249, I would have considered it. But at $299, no way. And at 329 it was a fab universal to Apple. That Friday, I found myself ordering a 4th gen iPad for the kids. Afterwards, I felt maybe this was Apple's plan all along. Just saying. Regards, Rob in Orlando. Hi, Rob. Have you actually seen the iPad mini in person? Display looks really good. Better than the iPad 1 and 2. No, not as good as the iPad 3rd gen or iPad 4th gen. But still, pretty darn good. Hi up, I bought the Mini last night and returned it this morning. I use my iPad for magazines, knitting patterns, books, web surfing, etc. I couldn't read the font. Too small most of the time. I didn't remember this being a problem on my iPhone. So I pulled up the exact same thing on my iPhone and the Mini... And sure enough, the font was much smaller on the mini. Too bad and a big miss for a world full of boomers. Regards, Lori B. Hi, Lori. Did you try changing the font size and accessibilities? Go to the Settings app, then General, then Accessibilities, then select a larger size font, say 24 point. Then for calendars, contacts, mail, messages, and notes, the default text is larger. I've also had a few people email in and say they are waiting for a retina display for the iPad mini before pulling the trigger. Well, here are my thoughts on this. I don't think you'll see a retina version for a couple of years, men. There is the issue of battery life or battery drain with a retina display and what that would do to the battery life or usability of the battery. I think the 10-hour battery life is a mandate for the iPad line, everyone has had a every one of them has had a listed battery life of 10 hours or more and i think if apple went retina the only way to get to 10 hours of battery life is to add up or increase the amount of battery in the iPad mini and that will add to thickness and to weight for the iPad mini i think the current weight and thickness are two of the biggest selling points of this device so end of the day We're talking 2014, maybe more than likely 2015 before you see a Retina iPad mini, in my humble opinion. And speaking of the iPad mini, here's the audio from the spoof ad video, the banned iPad mini promo. Let me play this for you. In the beginning,
6: iPad was designed to be very powerful and very capable. So our goal was to take all of the amazing things about the full size iPad and pack them into a product that is so much smaller. But not as small as the iPod Touch. And that's exactly what the iPad Mini is. Wait, the iPad Mini is not the iPod Touch. I don't want that to sound confusing, even though they have the same processor. They are different. The iPod Touch has a Retina display. iPad Mini is the thinnest iPad we've ever designed. Surprise, surprise. It's 0.4 millimeters thinner than the iPhone 5, which was just released a month ago. So as usual, each product is thinner than the last. It's always going to be thinner. Except with the third generation iPad, which is now the old, new iPad, and not the retina display iPad. Not to be confused with the iPad mini, which does not have a retina display, but is thinner. In iPad mini, we also redesigned EyeSight with new HD cameras that allow you to take amazing photos in HD video. It doesn't have an 8-megapixel camera like the iPhone 5 or the 4S, but neither does the iPad 4, which at this point, I'll take whatever I can get. Amazing. The biggest challenge we faced was incorporating all of the great features from the iPad, minus the retina display, into a much smaller design iPad mini has the largest and thinnest single cell battery we've ever designed and a smaller motherboard to house the powerful two-year-old A5 chip. Plus, it has the new lightning connector, which is also pretty neat. If all we had done was take the original iPad and reduce it, all you would be aware of is what was missing, like two cameras. Man, that still gets to me. iPad mini is the lightest iPad we've ever designed. It's also the most affordable, so there's that too. With all of the many advances, you probably expect to pay more than double the price of the full-size iPad. But this amazing device is $170 cheaper on every level. Yes, you heard correct. You get more for less. Minus the Retina display and faster processor. All of these efforts combined create a product with an exceptional level of fit and finish. And the result is an extraordinary iPad. One that'll be used until a faster processor is developed, as well as the technology to put a retina display in such a tiny device and a higher megapixel camera. But who knows when that'll be? That's at least seven months into the future. iPad mini is the future. It's the future until May, at least. Probably more like the end of May. Or more than likely June. iPad mini is now the future until
0: then. My favorite part of that promo was the fact that the guys that did it were technically accurate throughout. Good job, guys. To this point, we've spoken mostly of the iPad mini. Now let's change our focus a little bit over to the iPad 4th Gen. Some interesting benchmark tests have been done with the iPad 4th Gen over at Ars Technica. What I found interesting in these benchmark tests was the head-to-head comparison between the iPad 4th Gen and the quad-core Tegra 3 processor of the Nexus 7 tablet, and the Surface from Microsoft. The iPad 4 kicked butt and took names, beating both handily in every head-to-head test. So if you get any Android fanboys telling you the Nexus has a quad-core chipset versus the dual cords on the iPad... Simply remind them that the dual-core A6X kicked the quad-core's butt so hard it had to go to Costco to stock up on Preparation H. Oh, and Enantic also put out some benchmark tests for the iPad 4 versus other tablets and smartphones. And the iPad 4 kicked everyone's butt. Yep, lots of Preparation H going out the door for the Android fanboys. It is safe to say that if you want the fastest, most powerful tablet by a wide margin... The winner is the iPad 4th Gen. For now. Looks like Apple caught more than their customers off guard with this update.
7: Hey Rob, just thought I'd chime in just real quick about the, the people seeing red over the, uh, the quick I- issue of the iPad 4th generation over the 3rd generation. Uh, you just need to be proactive. I bought the uh, Retina Display 3rd generation pretty much the day it came out. Uh, I had it for uh, two weeks uh, along with my iPad 2. Uh, And I just brought it back. I said, this is, uh, you know, I love the screen, but uh, everything else is the same. So I couldn't justify it. I just brought it back. And at the time I brought it back, I said, you know what, I'll be back when there's a smaller version of the iPad. So I went back the very day that the iPad mini came out. I bought it. I love it. I can't wait to get the uh, fourth generation iPad with Retina. But, you know, I'm in no hurry now. Uh, I just am really happy I brought it back, and I just tell uh, the people that are complaining about it. Just be uh, proactive. If you don't like it, bring it back.
0: Switching gears a little bit. Seems if you go to the Apple.com website and type in iPhone space five space factory space unlocked and do a search, you get a response of quote No results were found. Please try a different search. Unquote. Except if you happen to I don't know look to the right. There are search results found, and it shows a few different versions with pricing. And pricing is not surprising at all. $649, $749, $849 for the 16, 32, and 64 gig versions of unlocked iPhone 5s. I've reached out to Ting.com to see if they would support a factory-unlocked CDMA phone. We shall see. My guess is if there's a low-cost MVNO and its backbone is on one of the Apple-approved carrier networks, the unlocked iPhone 5 should work on it, assuming they can get you the proper nano SIM card for their service. Okay, so whether you get a new iPad or a new iPhone, you wanna protect them in case they break. You can put all kinds of crazy cases on them, or if you're like me and you go around el natural, naked as in no on. and if you do that and still want protection, Look no further than SquareTrade for your warranty. Like Apple Care Plus, SquareTrade covers you even when you are jailbroken. Big kudos to the guys at SquareTrade for that. I often get questions about some specifics of SquareTrade, and I pass those along for answers. One recent question was quote, what happens with our SquareTrade warranty when an iPhone is replaced by Apple? What happens when the iPhone is stolen and we get a new one? Unquote. The answer back from SquareTrade on this was, quote, We cover multiple replacements by Apple, and we even weigh the deductible when you go to the Genius Bar for a replacement. We do not cover stolen devices, but we will refund the unused portion of your warranty so you can use that to help pay for a new one. Unquote. If you just purchased a new iPad and you go to squaretrade.com TII2, That slash TII and the number 2, link in the show notes for episode 247, you will be able to get a 2-year iPad warranty for $84. It'll initially show up as $89 when you look at it on the site, but when you go to the URL and you click through, you will see it drop to $84 before you go to actually purchase it. That's a special discount for TII listeners. If you go to the original URL, if you have an iPhone, squaretrade.com slash TII, you can get your iPhone warranty for just $94 for two years, even if it shows at 99 Again, just click through. As a TI listener, you will get the extra discount. If you have kids or are clumsy or plan to be out and about with your iOS device, you owe it to yourself to protect your investment, and SquareTrade is a nice peace of mind to have. It removes a little bit of stress when you are using your iOS device. Thanks, SquareTrade, for sponsoring this show.
5: Hey, Rob, it's Kevin Crossman from Fremont, California. Regarding iOS 6.1, I know it's no great, huge, giant, earth-shattering feature, but separating those buttons on the lock screen for music controls is going to be very helpful for me because I click the wrong one all the time. Uh, I would think that as an audio producer, you would be uh, pleased with this improvement, uh, however minor it might be. Bye.
0: Kevin, thanks for the feedback. While I do agree with you, it is a good improvement to have those buttons moved apart, I don't consider it a feature as much as I consider it a bug fix, since the button shouldn't have been that close to start with. So when they listed it as one of the features for iOS 6.1, I found irony in that, because really, to me, those buttons so close together, which I also find annoying, was more of a bug, and now moving them apart is not a feature, just a bug fix. And speaking of new features in the iOS 6.1 beta, here's an email I received. Hi Rob, per your request of new features in iOS 6.1 beta, I found the ability to clear previous recipients. A long overdue feature has been finally added. Now when you start typing in a name into the field in an email, in the list of possibilities, there's an arrow to the right pointing right that if you tap it, Takes you to a screen with the option to then quote remove recipients unquote. Regards Willie Appleseed. Staying in the email bag. Hi, Rob. Per the person recently asking about group messaging, I use GroupMe one word as a group text messaging app for the same reason as your caller. Excellent app. Regards Chuck R. Thanks, Chuck. Hopefully that helps out the listener. Per another email. Hi, Rob. Thanks for using my song on episode 246. I was totally surprised when I started to listen to your podcast and I heard my song. I wanted to share the following. When I buy an app that I've heard mentioned on your podcast, I make sure to reference your show in the write-a-review part to give you credit for the download and to give the app dev a review, which I know how important they are. I encourage your other listeners to do the same. Regards, Neil S. Hi, Neil. Thanks for the feedback and for your song on episode 246. Per your comments about reviews, folks, if you have a favorite app, one you use a lot, it really does help the app devs if you can put in a review. And if it happens to be an app you heard about on this show, well, definitely helps this show to mention us in said review. Plus, letting devs know where you heard about their apps is very, very important. For them to find out that info, well, it is if they are actually marketing their apps. Some devs are great devs, but not so much great when it comes to marketers. I just talked to one Sunday, and he was telling me he basically does zero marketing. He just wants to code. I said to him, you need to spend as much time marketing your app as you do developing it. Yeah, that didn't go over very well.
5: Yeah, hi, Rob. This is Ed calling from Chicago regarding the updated podcast app. It is a very good update. I use it all the time. I listen to many podcasts through there. And I was having significant problems before about showing all these podcasts as unplayed every time I'd go back into it after a while. So it would show hundreds of unplayed podcasts that I'd listened to. And it used to be a real pain to clean that out. That has gone away. That problem has been solved. Uh, It is a good update. I I certainly suggest everybody that uses that app, go ahead and update to it. And they they did a really good job with it. So uh, for what it's worth, uh, I certainly would suggest that people go ahead and, and update to it, and they'll be pleased. Again, enjoy the show. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much.
0: Bye now. Ed, thanks for your feedback on the latest update for the podcast app. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rap. In iOS 6.0.1, per the podcast app, I did discover a trick workaround for the podcast app for those that don't want to use it. I was thinking you must have already known about it, but if not, here it is. If you uninstall the podcast app, the podcast option reappears in the More tab in the Music app. Sweet. Regards, Mike in Ohio. Hi, Mike not sure if I mentioned that on the show. I know Gary Leland called in, emailed in with that tip before, but I think I may have not gotten it up on the show. But either way, it is good to mention it again or for the first time. Mike and Gary, thanks for that tip.
3: Hey Rob, Stephanie calling from San Antonio. Haven't called in in a while and wanted to let everybody know about this app that I came across. Its name is CloudOn, C-L-O-U-D, O N all one word and it's free in the App Store for the iPad only you can basically manage all of your Word documents and other um, Microsoft Office documents from your Dropbox and what is really cool is that you can create your own new documents from Microsoft Word and other Microsoft Office applications. I just wanted to let everybody know about this, this is really cool can't wait to get my Crux Skunk Um, to use it at the fullest potential. All right, guys, I hope you're having a great day. Bye.
0: On the last episode, I mentioned briefly the issue with the iPhone name in Mexico. Thanks to those that sent in confirmation that the iPhone 5 did go on sale in Mexico as planned. And by went on sale, I mean, of course, meant sold out quickly at most retail locations. So if you are in Mexico looking to buy the iPhone 5 and can't find it, that has nothing to do with the iPhone name lawsuit and more about restricted supply and unrestricted demand. The iPhone 5. Thanks to Tash for this next one, which is for AT&T users in the US. AT&T now is offering AT&T Locker. It is a free offering of 5GB of storage in the cloud. There is a free app available now in the App Store called, you guessed it, AT&T Locker. Well, with a little TM next to the locker. So if you are looking for yet another free 5 gig of storage in the cloud, you can get this. If you are in the U.S. and are an active AT&T customer, if you think AT&T is doing this so that you are less likely to churn away in the future, you would be correct. But if you are an AT&T customer now and don't plan to be one in the near future, you will want to make sure you have a copy of anything you upload On their cloud. But overall, I do want to say kudos to AT&T for this offering. Again, just search for AT&T Locker in the iTunes App Store. I came across a post this past week on ZDNet titled, Oh, Apple Lightning Connector, how do I love the question mark? I assumed it was going to be a hit piece on the Lightning Connector. It was not. It was actually a very good post on the Lightning Connector. And how this author shows it to be much superior connector than a micro USB connector. His key argument is wattage. We mentioned recently the 12-watt iPad charger. While the iPad can trickle charge with a 5-watt charger, a 10-watt or better, yet a 12-watt is what you really want if you want to get it charged up faster. However, with micro USB, 9 watts is your limit. He mentions the issue some Android tablet and phone manufacturers are having in this area, where some, like Sony, have gone to a strange barrel connector to get the 10-watt charging for their tablets. Problem is, these manufacturers are going with different chargers for different product offerings, even among their own portfolio. At least with Apple, they are taking all products to the new Lightning connector. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm still pained by the thought of all the 30-pin dock connector accessories no longer working, or to men needing an adapter, but it is nice to read this article for some good info that with the lightning connector, it is likely going to address our connector needs for the foreseeable future. I will call this article step two of my 12-step plan to get over the 30-pin dock connector addiction that I have. Thanks, to Stephen, for passing along this next one. And it goes out to all of you Google fanboys. It's about malware. Or is that malware? Okay, it's malware. Anyway, it is not something we on the iOS side are really concerned about or able to even pronounce correctly. But on the Android side, it just keeps getting worse and worse. Despite Google's efforts to turn the tide, it seems they are destined to have this problem. There are now over 51,447 unique malware malware versions out there for Android. This is up from just 3,063 versions in Q1 of this year. Ouch! So if you are wondering exactly what type of robot Android is, might I suggest you watch a few episodes of Futurama with a heavy study on Bender. Just saying. I saw a post with the title iPhone 5 vs. Lumia 920 Why Nokia Has a Shot and I realized the title was missing And other things that came to me after eating those wild mushrooms. I mean, to me, that's about the only thing that can explain that post. Just saying. I should point out, anytime I mention anything in any of the episodes, I try to put a link to that item in the show notes. Whether it be an app, or in this case, an article that I'm not going to really get into. And you can find those notes over at todayinios.com, and this specific episode for those of you listening through stitcher and aren't quite sure where we're at it's episode 247 and if you have the TII app just tap on that little e in the bottom corner there on the episode when you have the episode playing and that little e and it'll pop up the link list and you can follow along with the links to the items i mention in the show in the order for the most part that i mentioned them in the show
3: hi rob it's tash I'm just wondering, um, I haven't heard much about iTunes Match lately, and I'm just wondering if anyone's had any, well, good or bad experiences with it recently since there's been more updates. Anyway, take care. Thanks. Bye.
0: And Tash's question I will send out to the audience as I am not an iTunes Match user, but if you are and you have any positive or negative feedback on iTunes Match since going to iOS 6.0.1, please let us know. The other thing I do know is that iTunes Match kicked off about a year ago, so you should have, or if you signed up right away, you should have or will soon see an email from Apple mentioning that you're going to be getting charged for your yearly uh, subscription once again. But again, if you have any feedback, please give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to tonightinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I am really frustrated with the reliability of the keyboard shortcuts as of lately. I just updated to iOS 6.0.1 and was hoping that maybe this would help, but unfortunately not. I'm wondering if you could give any insight into this. I'm a new listener, so forgive me if you've already covered this. Regards, Shannon H. Hi, Shannon. We actually did cover it a little bit, but really not to any satisfaction, I would consider it at least. And that was with... People going from iOS 5.x to iOS 6.0, they were some people were having issues with the shortcuts. Others weren't having any issues at all. So it seemed to be a hit or miss issue. Some people had problems, some don't. Sad to hear that you are having issues still with 6.0.1. If any of the beta testers out there running the beta 6.1 also have keyboard shortcuts, please let us know if 6.1 caused you any additional problems, or if it solved any problems you were having when you were at 6.0.1.
3: Hey, Rob, this is Matt Beaverton. I have an app recommendation for, especially for those folks on Verizon. I recently switched from AT&T to Verizon and miss having the simultaneous voice and data. The app I'd recommend is Magic Jack. It allows you to do, well, I guess what's unique about it amongst all the other VoIP apps out there is it allows free calls to any landlines i know some of the other ones skype and stuff you have to buy skype credit but uh, magic jack is free and i've actually used it started a call on lte rolled the 3g and then on my home wi-fi and didn't notice any degradation at all so again the app is magic jack and it's free in the app store thanks robin
0: matt thanks for the review of magic jack folks if you have a favorite app that you like to use hence i guess that's why it'd be a favorite app Give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206 moon and give us a little review and your feedback of some of your favorite apps, or maybe even some of your not-so-favorite apps. Back to the email bag. Hey, Rob, just started using a to-do app called Clear. What a great UI. Lauren from Adabits, developer of Tweety, the inventor of pull-to-refresh, loves it too. Try it out. If you haven't, regards Chris in London. Well, Chris, thanks for the heads up on Clear.
7: Hey Rob, Ryan here again. Just realized, being as you're, you're the backdoor portal into the uh, ear canals of Apple design and uh, retail, the new uh, tw- what is it? The 12 watt charger at 19.99, and the uh, smart cover for my iPad Mini is 40 dollars. That is all. Thanks for all you do, Rob. Bye now.
0: So Ryan, are you asking for them to lower the price of the smart cover or to raise the price of the iPad charger? Wasn't quite sure there. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. You should showcase this Kickstarter project. Looks great, and I think I'm going to support it. Regards, Quintus. Well, hi, Quintus. Thanks for the heads up on the charging dock for the iPhone 5, iPad, and iPod by Dock Plus and Kickstarter. Yeah, a mega crappy name. But, luckily, it actually looks like a mega nice product. They have raised a total of over $47,000 towards their goal of $75,000 with Friday, December 14th. That's Friday, December 14th at 11 p.m. being the cutoff date and time. So, yeah, they're going to make it. Pricing on this is $59. It comes in a choice of three different colors black, or white, or raw steel. Not to be confused by Bain steel. To find this in Kickstarter, either look for the link in my show notes titled Dock Plus Kickstarter, or search for Dock Plus in Kickstarter, that's D-O-C-K, and the plus symbol as one word. I know there have been a lot of posts and articles about Samsung selling more smartphones than Apple, but Samsung sells lots of different types of smartphones, and since they don't break down sales... There is no way to know for sure how many Galaxy S3s they shipped or how many smartphones overall, for that matter. Some analysts looking at profits for smartphone sales, and I'm assuming they did this by dissecting quarterly reports, found that Apple had 59% of all smartphone profits versus 47% of profits for Samsung. So yes, it is likely Samsung sold more smartphones but when it comes to profit, Apple still had them beat, assuming the analysts are close to reality. Per how you can have more than 100% of profits, well, simple. Most of the other manufacturers of smartphones are losing money. So you had to have a little bit above 100 to equal out all those guys that are losing the money. Thanks to Tash for this next one, which is one of those concept videos. You know, one showing some sort of feature... That would be something we could possibly see in iOS 7 or iOS 8, or maybe not until iOS 78. The concept is that you could essentially turn app icons into app widgets that you could resize and make them fit around the screen however you'd like. Home screens those are. So for the TII app, for example, maybe it transforms into a player right on the home screen. They show, as an example of in the video, the settings app being expanded to fit the width of the iPhone screen and to have a slider for the brightness with buttons to toggle on and off Bluetooth and Wi-Fi along with Do Not Disturb. Obviously, this is a way to meld kind of widgets into the iOS world. Sadly, it might be closer to iOS 78 rather than iOS 7 or 8. Who knows, maybe someone listening at Apple will listen to this and pass it on up to Sir Johnny Ive and he'll take a liking to it. Look for the link titled Resizable App Icon Concept Video in the show notes for episode 247 over at todayinios.com. Let's jump back into the email bag. Hi Rob, I found this one when I was looking for field test mode to help me install a cell booster exterior antenna in the best location. It allows you to keep the dB reading showing while not in the field test mode. Also gives you the tweak to switch between dB and bars. No jailbreak required. Just go to the link, iphone.panda.app.com slash news. Uh, some horribly really long number. Just look for the link in the show notes titled U.S. Field Test Mode. Uh, scroll down to the section Enabling Signal Number as Reception Indicator rather than Signal Bars. Regards, Thomas in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. P.S. It works on my iPhone 5. Well, thanks, Thomas. I will recommend folks to go to the link, use field test mode in the show notes for episode 247 for today dot iOS.com. But I will also go over quickly their instructions. Quote, To always see the signal numbers rather than the signal bar, you will use the force quit app function to kill the field test when it's open one dial star three zero zero one pound one two three four five pound star and hit call if you haven't done so already to launch field test Two, now hold down on the power button until the slide to power off message appears then release the power button and hold the home button until the field test quits. Tap the signal bars or signal numbers to switch between the two. To remove the tap to switch signal indicator ability, you can either reboot the iPhone or go back into field test and close out as usual, unquote. So you can either play that over and over and over a few times, or you can go to the link in the show notes that I previously mentioned.
1: Hi, Rob. It's Joe in Cebu, Philippines. This is in reply to Paul in Mill Valley, California. I only have experience with a 3G and a 3GS. The 3GS is a factory unlocked unit. Uh, Way back when, when I was running iOS 3 or 4, if I inserted a smart communication sim, Uh, you had to go in and and adjust the APN and all the other information that's on that page and if you used the globe sim and if it was postpaid all you had to do was insert the sim and if you were prepaid you had to change the APN to HTTP instead of internet which is the default and if you're using Sun Cellular you would go into the APN and type in internet and put an M in front of it so it's Minternet. Those three networks all work in the iPhone now. They have other networks that are sister networks of the top three, but uh, they don't work for data. Since using 511, put the smart SIM in and you can't even adjust the APN anymore. There's no more setting, it's disappeared. So it's automatic. I take that SIM out and I put the globe in don't have to delete anything. just have to change the the, the, um, the information for the APN will appear. And like I said before, you change the word Internet into HTTP and the same thing for Sun. Um, it's not 6, not iOS 6. I don't want to update the 3GS to 6. 5.1.1 is slow enough. And, you know, that's the way it goes. No chance of getting an iPhone 5 here for some time to come. And love your show. You know that. Take care. Bye.
0: Joe, thanks for the feedback, and just as a little heads up, my understanding is from the testing that people have done, switching the 3GS from iOS 5.x to iOS 6.0 or 6.01, 3GS actually runs a little bit faster on iOS 6 than it does with 5.x. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I just listened to Podcast 246 and wanted to let you know that per the swipe to move the cursor feature you mentioned, Well, they have this available already if you are jailbroken, that is. It's called Swipe Selection, all one word, Insidia. It is a free tweak, I believe, and it is available for iPad and iPhone as long as you are jailbroken. I have it installed for a a few months now, and I love it, and I can't believe Apple hasn't done this already. Just thought I would let you know so you could pass this info along to the listeners so they can start enjoying Uh, writing and texting on their uh, jailbroken iOS devices. Also just wanted to let you know I have the iPhone 5 and have just updated over the air to iOS 6.0.1. So far as I can tell, all the bug fixes seem to be working for me and have improved the iPhone's functionality. Just wanted to pass that info along to the listeners as well. Thanks for all your help and advice, Rob. Regards, Ryan R. Ryan, thanks for the heads up on Swipe Selection Insidia. Hi Rob, I have toyed around with several ideas for iOS apps over the years, but really never moved forward with any of them. I know that I have two solid business apps ideas that I want to make for iOS that are targeted for small business service industries. Because of its lower cost and size, I think the iPad mini is going to lower the threshold so small businesses will start venturing into iOS ecosystem. I am an avid iOS user, but have never developed an app before. I have finally come to the point that I either dive in and teach myself how to use Xcode or find a company that I could partner with to make an app. Could you give me some advice on the pros and cons of each approach? and maybe point me to some resources. Thanks for your show. I love to see that alert pop up for new shows. Do you ever release the content uh, from these conferences you speak at? I'm interested in the talk you're going to be doing on podcasting 100% from your iPad. Regards, John Robinson. Hi, John. Uh, First off, per the uh, speaking at events, well... That, you know, those events get to control that content. So when I go there, they get to control that. So if you want to see that, best to actually go to the podcast New Media Expo in Las Vegas in early January. Love to see you there. Now, uh, also, I want to thank you for the kind words and, of course, listening to the show. But per your questions on apps, one thing you can do is put your ideas together very tightly, figure out a one minute pitch. Of your ideas, practice it, present it to trusted friends, and then go to a local startup weekend and get up on stage and pitch your idea. If it is a good one and you present it well, you may get some developers to work with you that weekend to take your idea from thought to functional app in about 54 hours. Of course, you have to share with them for doing that. If nothing else, Going to these events will get you to see and be part of other teams developing an app in a really short period of time. And more importantly, maybe you make connections with your local app developers. Just go to startupweekend.org, startupweekend, one word, .org. If there are none near you, then your choices are to learn to develop and do it yourself. Downside there is you have to learn to develop and do it yourself. And if you're not good at it, well you could be spending a lot of time doing the development work or you're going to have to fork out some cash and pay someone else to do it nope you're not going to go up to an existing developer and say to them will you work on this for me for pro bono they ain't going to do it they're not going to take your idea and go oh i love your idea and i will develop this for you and we will share revenue uh not unless you go to one of these startup events i mean outside of the startup events Devs don't work for pro bono. Too many people out there have too many ideas, and the developers are getting plenty of money from people that are willing to pay them to work on ideas. And a good developer out there is not going to be doing something like this for your pro bono, again, outside of one of these startup events. Per the startup weekends, they're all over the place. There's about 100 of them planned just in November. So take a look at the site for one near you. Good luck.
5: Hi, Rob. This is Steve from Arizona. Just wanted to let you know I did take your advice and not wait for the jailbreak, so I do have an iPhone 5, white, 32 gig, that I was able to find at a local Apple store with a little searching. Had a question. I am having certainly decreased battery issues. This thing is fast as anything. I can give you the speeds. I actually had 12 Mbps down and like 10 up. Uh, today, which is unheard of. So the speed is amazing on LTE. This is an AT&T phone. but I'm having battery drain, I'm down to like 43% after using it all day. I shut off a number of things, including search cell network. Just wondered what happens now that I shut that off. Does that mean that I'm stuck on a cell tower? Or what exactly that means? And is this really saving me battery, power, battery usage by shutting that off? So I am trying to shut some things off similar to what you were talking about in your show before last, to see if I can get a little bit better battery life. But overall, the iPhone 5 is truly a beautiful work of art. Love it and highly recommend it. If you're waiting for your jailbreak, don't. Get the iPhone 5 now and wait till next year for the jailbreak. Thanks for all you do, Rob. Bye-bye.
0: Steve, thanks for the voicemail feedback. I'm going to throw that question out there about the Search Cellular Network out to someone that might have a better grasp and understanding of that feature, Uh, my guess is it means that rather than constantly searching for the best and strongest signal, it stays on a signal until it loses it and then goes out and finds another one. But I think when you have it set up that it's searching, I think it's constantly scanning, checking, finding a new one, scanning, checking, finding a new one. Uh, whereas if you turn it off, I think it just sticks with the cellular signal until you lose it, and then when you lose that one, then it picks up the next strongest one. But I don't know for sure, and I'm going to throw that one out there, and if someone does know for sure, if it's different than what I just said, please let us know. Hmm. How do I talk about this next one? Do I just bang my head against the wall? Do I scream, what the frack? Or do I just shake my head in quiet puzzlement? Seems the U.S. government, more specifically the Librarian of Congress— recently made it legal under the DMCA for smartphones to be jailbroken. That is not the puzzling news or even news new, new news. A similar ruling was made a couple of years ago. No, the puzzling news is the same person in the government at the same time also said jailbreaking a tablet. Yeah, that's not legal. A.K.A. it's illegal and the same with unlocking of smartphones. Never mind that the Librarian of Congress ruled in 2006 and 2010 it was legal to unlock smartphones. Yikes! What in the world is going on in D.C.? The only thing that makes any sense is that the Librarian of Congress needed to put his kid through college and one or more of the carriers and tablet manufacturers figured out how to help that person find the funds needed to get their kid through school. And for them to uh, take a vacation in Fiji and maybe buy a small island in the South Pacific. Just saying. Because logic and fairness, yeah, that just doesn't seem to play here anymore. Alright, let's switch gears. Rumors about the iPhone 2013 are starting up already. And the latest one is from Ed Valdez. And he makes the argument about why the iPhone 2013 will be launching in June 2013 and not September or October 2013. He highlights six reasons he thinks the iPhone 2013 is coming in June. One, Apple needs the wow factor. Two, Apple wants to lead, not follow. Three, Apple's sales S-curves are too short. Four, Apple is at war with Samsung. Five, Apple leads in operational excellence. And six, been there, done that with the iPad 4. My issue with item six is the upgrade for the iPad 4 from the iPad 3 is about as far as you can get from the wow factor as Apple has ever done for any iOS device upgrade. But overall, my thoughts on this are, well, I hope there is an iPhone 2013 launch in June, as that is when I'm eligible for an upgrade. And right now, with all of Apple's products upgrading in the same three-month or actually six-week window, it causes another issue for Apple. Many fanboys need to pick which Apple product they are updating or upgrading to. While many of you listening have multiple iOS devices, chances are most of you did not buy the latest and greatest of each of them in a 45-day window. So right now, Apple kind of has a fanboy bottleneck they created by releasing all the products so close to one another. Apple would be well-served to get the iPhone back to a June release schedule. But likely, what you would see this June is not a wow factor upgrade, but rather something very incremental like we saw with the iPad 4. Plus, it is so much nicer weather to wait out overnight in late June versus late September. Just saying. Thanks to Tim for the heads up on this next one, which really should be part of the How Wrong Were They segment. But in this case, we can talk present tense and say, how wrong is he? With he being Steve Ballmer, he said essentially that the Surface is the tablet consumers really want and that no one has done a tablet that consumers want to date. Because you know, over 100 million iPads sold in three years and under three years, yeah, nobody is wanting the iPad and nobody's using it, obviously. So let's see how many tablets were sold in the 10 years leading up to the launch of the iPad. If you said 10 million, you would be much, much, much too high. But you have to love Bomber and his ability to say just about anything, no matter how much that anything flies in the face of what do they call that? Oh, yeah. Um, Facts. Yeah. Flies in the face of facts. And uh, oh, his Surface tablet, that's the first one that really can be used by business. Yeah, that one is so much slower than the iPad 4 in benchmark tests.
4: Hey Rob, this is Carl Brooks from IAmThereforeiPad.com, And I got a tip for iOS 6 users. Uh, there's a new feature that is available called Guided Access. To access Guided Access, you will go to the Settings app, General, Accessibility, And then scroll down to Guided Access under the Learning Table or Title. You uh, turn it on and you can set a passcode. So this would be a separate passcode from your normal locked device passcode. And then what happens is uh, you can triple tap your home button to put your phone or iPad into the Guided Access. And what guided access does is it locks the person into that, that particular application or it locks, uh, the, that, uh, whatever the open app is when you triple tap tap the home button and they cannot exit that without having the passcode. So for instance, if you're driving and you give your iPhone or iPad to your child in the back to say watch a movie or play a game, they cannot exit that game or movie and so you don't, you won't have to worry about them uh, reading your text messages or deleting your emails or sending emails to the boss, uh, etc. With Guided Access from iOS 6, you can keep that person in to the the, the desired app that you want them to be in, without fear of them exiting and roaming about your iOS device. Hope this helps the uh, listeners. And thanks for doing a great job with the
0: podcast. Carl, thanks for the kind words and for the great tip on guided access. Not only do I see that as being very useful, as you mentioned, for kids, but if you're also in a retail environment where you're using the iPad in a retail environment for people to enter stuff there, you can lock the iPad into the specific app you want your customers to use. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. When I get an iMessage, I get the ringtone notification that I chose in the settings, which is good. However, when I get a reply, I get a very faint sound that I can barely hear. As a result, I sometimes miss the incoming reply. My question, is there a way to change the reply iMessage notification sound? Like everyone else, love the show, and I anxiously wait for the next episode. Thanks again. Have a good one. Regards, Bob. Bob, I'm going to send this one out to the listeners, hence why it's this part of the show. So if anyone out there has an answer for Bob about how to change that, on the iMessage ringtone so when he gets a reply it's louder please let us know 206-666-6364 that's 206 moondog or send an email to today at ios at gmail.com hey rap i ordered an ipad mini 64 gig an extra lightning cable and an ipad mini smart cover at the same time from apple understandably they were shipped via ups in separate shipments I found it frustrating, though, that the cable and the cover each required a signature to accept the shipment from UPS, but the Mini was just left on my doorstep. I just find it somewhat ironic that the $500-plus iPad Mini is okay to leave sitting outside on your step, and I have to physically present myself to receive the $75 of accessories. Regards, M in Iowa. Hi, Rob. Private web browsing in iOS... There is a switch to toggle in the settings menu, and it does eliminate the browser's history. But if you press the back button on the Safari web browser and keep your finger pressed down, it lists all the previous web pages. Is there a way to eliminate this? It makes the private browsing feature pointless, as I'd have to manually delete history, cookies, and data anyways. Regards, Bo. Bo, what you need to do here when you're in Safari after you're done surfing is hit the plus symbol to open a new page. When you do that, you'll then see the little red X in the upper left corner of the page you were just at, which is the session you were just in. Hit that red X, and all your session information is gone, and it's out of your history. So that's the way you need to do that. You need to take that extra step. But yes, if you leave Safari open, or even close it and then reopen it, that session that you are in Uh, You can go back in. So again, if if it was not fully closed, force quit, but just in the dock and someone reopens it, then yes, they can go back. So you need to do that extra step, hit that little plus in the lower right. When it opens up in the upper left, find the red X, tap that, and close out that window. Back to email bag. Hi, Rob. My wife got the iPhone 5, and just the other day we tried to use the turn-by-turn navigation system, but there is no sound. Checked volume, it was okay. Checked the settings and everything looks okay. Went to Google and I am not alone on this one. Some people say that they it may work on only Wi-Fi and others say it only works when it's plugged in only to the wall. Any ideas got home and yes, it works. Any help would be appreciated. Regards, Paco. Hello, Paco. I would have to say this. One, did iOS 6.0.1 help you on this? If not... The next time you have this issue, which obviously you'll you'll know because you'll know it didn't help you, uh, what you need to do is then do a force quit of the app, the uh, turn-by-turn app. And actually at this point, force quit every open app. Then go to the Settings app, then General, then Reset, then Reset Network Settings. When the phone reboots and comes back and you've got your network connection again, then go and open up the turn-by-turn navigation and see if it's working for you at that point. If anyone else out there has had this problem with the iPhone 5 and is still having it with iOS 6.0.1 and actually knows of a solution in an iOS 6.0.1 if it shows up or if iOS 6.0.1 actually fixed it, please let us know. 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG. Hi Rob, just found your podcast if it was recommended to me by my dentist. Love it. I have a question. I have several programs for hiking that use the iPhone GPS to track your distance, speed, etc. The problem is the continuous use of GPS on my iPhone runs down my battery too quickly. Is there a hiking navigation program which allows me to set the interval at which the GPS takes a fix? I have to think that it could take a fix every 5 or 10 minutes or so, or some other user selected interval. My battery would last a lot longer by doing it this way. Of course, my distance and speed would be more an estimate than with the continuous positioning of the current programs, but that's okay. At the end of the day, I have a rough estimate of my hiking data and enough juice in the battery to find my way back to the car or campsite. Thanks for the podcast. Regards, Dave L. And Dave, I'm definitely throwing that one out to listeners. Anybody out there know of a really good app for hiking that meets what Dave is looking for? Let us know, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com.
2: Hello, Rob, this is Henny from Cairo, Egypt. I want to share with you the experience of acquiring a GSM unlocked iPhone 5 from the United States so that it can work in Egypt. I was in the States for about a week um, in early October. As soon as I arrived in the Washington DC area, I called two Apple stores, found out that they do not carry any unlocked GSM AT&T phones at all. I called um, Apple, and Apple told me that it is not available in the market. Um, There are no unlocked GSM phones at all. Um, I went to a couple of AT&T stores, they told me that they do get them, but they're extremely scarce, and um, I'm not going to be able to buy through an AT&T store. Uh, That took me a few days, I finally got to go to a Radio Shack store, and uh, they informed me that they, they do get it on a weekly basis. I was lucky with one store that allowed me to kind of reserve it the night before, I was there luckily on a Thursday night. I went there, the retail price for the phone is $699 and um, it's mandatory that you buy it with the Apple Care, So that adds about $100 more. With taxes, I think it ends up to be about $836. The phone is sold to you in, an, in a locked format. This is the typical at and locked format they sell to anybody, but you pay extra for unlocking it. Regishek does not unlock it. I was told by Regishek to go to um, Apple. Apple does not unlock it for you. They Uh, refer you to AT&T. I called AT&T, 800 number, I was referred to a website. You go on the website, you register your IMEI number for the phone, plug in that number on the website, and um, you give them your email. They're supposed, and also you fax a copy of your receipt to prove the amount of money that you have paid for the phone retail price and you give them five to seven days for them to uh, get back to you pro- supposedly with an email that tells you how to do an unlock on the phone. I waited for seven days and I didn't receive anything from at and I called them up. It did not appear that their operators understand what is going on but eventually I was able to find out that if you plug your phone as long as you have submitted the required documents your IMEI number and the, the receipt you're supposed to be able to plug your phone to your iTunes store through your computer and restore it. The minute it gets restored, it's supposed to be also processed process for its unlocking. And actually plugging it to my computer, as soon as it as it did the um, restore, there was a message on the screen stating that this phone has been unlocked, uh, or this phone is now unlocked. You get the phone, complete the process, and then you, you, you unplug the phone, you plug in your local. I, at that, at that uh, time I had a Vodafone uh, SIM card. I plugged in the Vodafone SIM card and it did recognize the SIM card and it works. This is to share with you and your audience so that um, it's, it, it's information for people to know how they can acquire a phone, sometimes even by luck I think up till now, and uh, make it work outside of the United States on a GSM network. Thank you very much.
0: Any thanks for the feedback. Hope that helps someone that's trying to get an unlocked iPhone to use overseas or even here on one of the MVNOs. If you follow the tech press, one thing that you have noticed recently is that it seems to be fashionable to beat up on Apple these days. And there is a nice article over at the Mac Observer titled Why It's Fashionable Nowadays to Beat Up on Apple. So go check that out. It's a, an interesting article. I'm going to end... Today's episode here in a little bit uh, with some, a couple of more audio clips from, I think, one's from uh, Conan O'Brien and the other one's from the Jimmy Kimmel Live Show. But before we go, we are getting close to the Kansas City Startup Weekend. If you are in the area, in the Kansas City area, November 16th, 17th, and 18th will be this event, and I will be there hopefully reporting back on some cool new iOS app ideas. If you are going, please let me know. For those interested in blogging or podcasting or internet video, the New Media Expo will be in Las Vegas, January 6th, 7th, and 8th, and I will be there speaking about how to podcast 100% from an iPad. If you're interested in taking your blog to the or podcast to the next level, for that matter, or just starting one, there is no better event, and once you are done with that show, stay an extra day or two and enjoy the experience of CES. Do a search for New Media Expo or email me if you are interested and I'll let you know what the current discount coupons are available for the show. Hope to see you in Vegas. Thanks again to today's show's sponsor, which is SquareTrade. If you have just purchased an iPad or iPad mini, get it insured by going to squaretrade.com TII2. That's TII and the number 2. So squaretrade.com TII2 for iPad discount. If you have just purchased an iPhone, go to squaretrade.com slash TII. And as TII listeners, you will get the best deals on a Square Trade warranty. Thanks, SquareTrade for setting up our listeners. As always, if you have any tips, tricks, comments, questions, app reviews, apps you like, apps you don't like, whatever it is you want to share with the audience, especially if you have any answers to anybody's questions, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your comments on your iOS device and email them to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Until the next time, I'm your host Rob from Today in iOS reminding you to phone different.
2: And uh, there's an ad out for it. I found the ad for the new product. I thought it was a little condescending. Take a look. Spend your money, spend your money, (laughs) spend your money, spend your money. You
1: will buy anything that we put into the store. (laughs) No matter how minute the changes are to the previous. Model, you're just trying to fill the empty void in your sad life.
2: I am trying to fill the void. Sure. In my body.
6: You fill it up with small electronics.
7: That's sure, yeah. Meanwhile, Apple's going forward with the release of the iPad mini tomorrow, or for the millions of people who still don't have electricity, Apple is releasing a new paperweight tomorrow. Apple just started running a new commercial for the mini. It looks looks like they might have another big hit on their hands.
0: First came the iPod. Then a slightly thinner iPod. Then a tinier iPod. Then a taller, thinner iPod. Then a taller, thinner iPod that shuffles your songs. Then a pink one, a blue one, a green one then an even smaller iPod, then a wider iPod, then an iPod you can touch. Then an iPod you can talk on. Then an iPod you can talk on with a G on it. Then a shorter, fatter iPod. Then a shorter, fatter iPod that shuffles. Then a thinner iPod you can talk on with a 4 on it. Then a gigantic iPod you cannot talk on. Then a gigantic iPod you cannot talk on that's a little faster. Then a white one.
4: Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god,
0: wait! Then a thinner, taller iPod you can talk on. And now a bigger, but not gigantic iPod you cannot talk on. We're Apple, and you're suckers. Don't forget to buy a new charger.